Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Some People Call That Jesus. The topic we'll be looking at today is growing up into Christ. And we'll be looking at just one segment of that whole process and what that looks like of the Christian life and journey. But that's kind of the overall theme is growing up into Christ, something we've been studying and talking about recently. One thing to say at first is when you're looking at the Christian journey or life or the spiritual life cycle of a Christian, it in many ways follows the physical life cycle of a Christian. And the Bible teaches us that the physical world around us that God had made, he filled it with evidence. You can find this in Romans chapter 1, but he filled the physical world with evidence of the unseen, with evidence about himself and his character, his power, it says even the Godhead, so that men are without excuse. So just, just picturing that as we go into this lesson today is that we're talking about the spiritual life cycle of a Christian, but it looks like the human biological life cycle as well in terms of being born, growing up, childhood, teenager, adult, etc. It closely follows that, and the Bible uses that as kind of an example to help us understand the journey spiritually. So what we're looking at today is the very beginning of the process in terms of, as a Christian, you're born again. And so we're going to be looking at spiritual infancy or being very young or new in the spirit or in the faith no matter what age you are physically, because someone could be 80 years old and accept Jesus for the first time, and they'll start off the same. There's no loopholes, there's no skipping stages, but you begin the process born again in the Spirit and take it every step of the way, again, regardless of what age you are. So the first verse to kind of spark that is 1 Peter 1.3, and it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has made us born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So he says, you've been born again in spirit. Physically, you're here in the same, but in the spirit, you've been started in this new life. And just like you were born physically and were a baby, so it's the same spiritually as well. You've just started this journey. So as we look at that one stage, the very beginning stage of someone who's just been made new in Christ and started in the faith, we're going to be looking at what do you need as someone who's young in the faith? spiritual infancy. So the first thing that you may think about when you're thinking about babies physically is food or milk. Babies have to eat all the time or very frequently. The Bible describes it similarly as well for a new Christian. We all need to feed spiritually throughout our whole time as a Christian on this earth, but there's a need, especially when you're young and new in the faith, to be fed early and often. And the first verse for looking at that of spiritual food or spiritual milk early in the faith we stay here in First Peter, and you just go over to chapter 2, and verses 1 through 3 of chapter 2 says this, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So what it's saying here is that you need, you should crave, you should have this desire or appetite for spiritual milk. And what we'll look at a second and build on is a spiritual milk is the fundamental doctrines of the faith, meaning the core pieces of knowledge to the Christian experience. What are those? You need to feed on those regularly to really build your foundation in Christ as you learn these things. It's necessary for growth. It creates that stability as a starting point for your walk of faith. And the amazing thing to highlight here in that verse 3 says, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is good or that the Lord is gracious, what I love about that is that in the first chapter of Peter, or First Peter, he's talking about all these things that automatically come with being born again. You have a living hope. 
You have an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled that doesn't fade away. You're kept by the power of God. All these great things that come just by being born again in Christ. And all of that securing eternal life in heaven by accepting Jesus and being made new is just a taste of this salvation and just a taste, not even the full thing, of God's graciousness and what he has in store for us. So right there, that helps kind of spark the appetite or the craving for spiritual milk, as it says here in 1 Peter chapter 2, knowing that this is just a taste and God wants us to go into the deeper and further things of himself. Securing your salvation is just the first step into Christianity. There's so much more after that. Many people can get stunted at this stage early in their faith because they don't aspire for the deeper things. They don't really know that there's more experience after that. They just think they're saved and now they just wait out the rest of their time on earth being a decent Christian, waiting for, their, uh, waiting for heaven to come, waiting for Jesus to come and take us to heaven. But really, he says, this is just the beginning. You have to dive deeper into the full thing. And if securing eternal life through Jesus is just a taste, it makes me wonder what the full thing is like. So further developing the idea that this milk, spiritual food, is the fundamental doctrines of the faith, we're going to add a verse to add a little bit more context to that just to understand it. So you should just go several pages back in the book of Hebrews, just before 1 Peter there a little bit. And it's in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13. And really I'll add verses um, 12 and 13 together just to give the full context. So Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 say this, For though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Verse 14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. A bit to unpack there, the main part that we're taking out is it talks again about this spiritual milk. And he says here, it's the first principles of the oracle or the words of God. It's the fundamentals in the faith. And even in your own time, you can continue to go into Hebrews chapter 6. And he explains what some of those categories or some of those topics of the foundational doctrines of the faith are. So it's good to see what are they specifically, and am I rooted and confident in them, or do I not know those very well? One other key piece to pull out of here is that he said, if your milk if you're, if you're partaking of milk only, you're still in infancy, which totally makes sense, of course. In a physical sense, it applies spiritually as well. And he says, particularly, if you're at this stage, you are still unskilled in the word of righteousness. And here it's a little bit of a rebuke in terms of the context of Hebrews 5 itself, because he's telling them, you've been in the faith for this long, or this period of time. You ought to be teachers, but you ne never developed past this early stage. You never fed on the milk enough so and moved to solid, solid food, which is deeper truth of the word of God. So you never really, your growth was stunted, so you need to go back to the fundamentals of the faith and build up so that they, you're able to teach. So one thing it teaches us about being early in the faith, you're really not in a position to teach yet. Even if you've been born again for a second, you absolutely have a testimony of how your life has changed, and now you're living for Jesus as opposed for the world and for yourself. But still, you have to grow in the faith. There shouldn't be the expectation on those brand new to Christianity to be able to teach. It says, you're not at that stage yet. You need to develop and grow. And that's totally okay. He says, if you're unskilled in the word of righteousness, it means you need to feed off the fundamentals a bit longer, grow up, and to move into deeper levels of the faith. The stages we've all had to go through as Christians, 
some of us get stuck in, and this is to help us understand what that looks like so we can move beyond that as well. So it's not a cut down or bashing anyone in any way. It's to bring us to a realization of where you might be stuck in your journey, what some of the challenges might be, and most importantly of all, how to continue your growth and not be stuck in these early stages. Again, a necessary step for us to go through, but we're not meant to stay in that stage forever. That's the point of it. So again, milk is the elementary truths of God's word. Matthew 4.4 famous verse says it this way, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That means just as we eat normal food for the sake of our bodies, so the word of God is food for our spirit. If you picture that in the same way that it's food for your spirit, like bread is for your body, then you'll see how much you have to eat it, consume it, give attention to it in order for you to be strong. Because just think if you didn't feed your body for a week, you'd be very weak, you'd be very frail, you'd struggle in a lot of ways. Similarly, if you don't feed your spirit from the word of God for periods of time, people are very weak spiritually. And then problems and troubles come along and you fall easily because you had no strength in the spirit. It all comes from being fed through the word of God. So first category of what do infants need? Milk or food, which is the fundamental principles and doctrines of the word of God. Next, we'll be looking at another need of infants, which is rest. You know, babies sleep often, go through different sleep cycles and naps and things like that. And we all certainly appreciate our rests and naps at times as well. But what does rest have to do with this development of a Christian in the spiritual journey? The te uh, text we're moving to is Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Again, that's Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Again, a, another quite well-known verse. And I love using those verses because that's what I'm familiar with. It has so much information and shouldn't be trivialized by any means so we can go back to them and learn something again and again. So Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says this, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in addition to food, what do you need in spiritual infancy to develop and grow? You need rest. And this verse teaches us that you come to find that rest in Jesus. One thing as well is that we who are teaching those who are young in the faith, we teach them how to come to Jesus for the offlifting of our burdens. And there's many verses that we won't go to in this episode, but that you can see about how to pray to God, how to ask him to meet your needs, how to come to him with your burdens for his hand to alleviate them, to take that weight off of you, to really give you rest. Because if you just have physical rest and you sleep and you eat well, but you don't have rest in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit, you know people can have sleepless nights. They can be restless day and night in their minds, sleep for 10, 12 hours, and never quite feel at peace or at rest because there's something deeper than just their flesh that needs rest and the relief of burdens. Um, and so we, we're taught to come and learn from him because infancy, whether spiritually or physically, means you have little strength. So you have this constant need to have relief of burdens that are pressed upon you. Come and learn from him. And what does he say to learn from him? A gentle and lowly heart. So when you come to Jesus, and this is important if you're learning this at any stage of your walk, but especially if you want to develop in the things of God, when you come to Jesus for the offlifting of your burdens, you cannot leave that time of prayer, that time of study without learning something. Because he says part of that burden coming off and staying off is that you learn something, particularly learn a gentle, lowly, or humble heart, how to be yoked with him. So that's how to conduct your behaviors and your thoughts and your actions towards others. 
always come to Jesus to learn something that helps off-lift the burden and keep it off so you might not fall into that problem again. Another thing to note as well is that verse 30, it says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's certainly challenges and sufferings in this life as a Christian, and the Bible prepares us for that. But one thing we need to keep in mind as well is that the portion for a Christian is easy and light if you know how to come to Jesus and relieve your burdens. So there is the need for rest. Galatians 6, 2, another verse teaches us that we should bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Meaning, part of that relief of burdens is to exercise by the Spirit the desire to help one another with burdens and with struggles. So we all have a, a role to play in the process to help one another. And the Bible also says in Romans 15 that we who are strong and built up in the faith ought to use our strength to compensate for the weaknesses of the weak and not to please ourselves. That's a very important lesson for those that are developed and mature in the faith, not to look down and condemn or judge those who might be struggling or young or early on in the faith or in the word, but that our strength is given to us by God to help them with their weaknesses until they're in a position to begin to help others and teach others. So we don't use our strength to lord it over them. We use it to compensate for their weaknesses. And in the language it used there to bear one another's burdens, to compensate for the weaknesses of the weak, it means to like put their arm over your shoulder and help carry the weight until they're strong enough to do it themselves. That's our relationship to one another as believers. But we know often people can use it to look on and condemn others when those young in the faith need the help and the rest and the support the most. So rest, in addition to food, absolutely needed to grow in the period of spiritual infancy and beyond. And the third thing we'll look at what you need for a spiritual infant is protection. And again, you could be any age physically, but if you're new in the faith, if you never grew beyond this stage, these are things you absolutely need. The need never goes away, but you must become rooted in these things, otherwise you won't grow. We have this need for protection as well. And just as you look in the life of baby Moses and the stories and of baby Jesus, you see that it's no secret that the enemy targets our young ones. They tried to destroy baby Moses and baby Jesus before they had a chance to fulfill their destinies that God made them for here on this earth, before he made Moses for, that he brought Jesus down to earth as a man for. So we need to know that protection is absolutely necessary for those young in the faith. That's why we should support and build up one another, not condemn one another, because the enemy is already on attack. One verse as reference, uh, 2 Peter 2.18 if you go back to the end of the Bible, 2 Peter 2.18, it talks about how false preachers, false prophets that are sent out by the enemy, it tells you who their time prime target is. And it says, those who are just escaping the corruption of the world, that's who they're deceiving, or aka what I call it, spiritual infants. Those who have just accepted Jesus have begun the spiritual journey and walk. It says the enemy is sending people out to trick those who need protection, who need rest, who need to grow up with the milk of the principles of God's word. He said they're now a threat to the kingdom of darkness because they've been transformed and made new, but they're the most vulnerable of Christians being in infancy still. So there's this need to protect them because the, argue, uh, the enemy uses them as a primary target. 1 Peter 1.5, going back close to our original verse we looked at, it says about those born again, we who are kept by the power of God through faith into salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times. And what this means, he says, one of the things that comes by faith and that is yours when you're born again is protection. It says you're kept by the power of God. And that word kept means to act like a sentry, 
that God is on guard for you to offensively and defensively guard you and protect you as you build and develop until he can reveal you for his purposes. So we know that God is seeking dangers and destroying them before they even make it to us. We have examples and testimonies of dangers and issues that we avoided. Maybe it's a near-miss car accident, and you know that God is there helping you and protecting you along the way. It's one of the promises for a born-again Christian because he knows how needed protection is for us. So needing to keep that in mind. And another great verse is Psalm 34, 7, and it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who seek him, or those who fear him, excuse me, and he delivers him. So he says there's this protection of the angel of the Lord. There's an encampment of angels for you when you walk in fear of God, when you walk in reverence and respect of God, and it delivers you from troubles as well. So part of that protection is built into the word of God, is built into the Christian experience, and is absolutely needed for spiritual infancy. So again, food and milk, rest, protection, some of the things that you need early on in the faith. So here's just a few encouragements to end the lesson for today, that if you are young in the faith, maybe became stunted in your spiritual growth and never moved beyond, particularly if someone did or said something in the church that caused you to abandon the faith or walk away from the truth, I encourage you to forget about that from the past. Don't throw away anything of Jesus because of what someone else said or did. It's time to move on into the deeper things of him. No matter what your age is, God wants you to walk further into a relationship with him and to continue to grow stage by stage and step by step. Also, so that he has purposes for you to fulfill on this earth and he needs your development spiritually as well. So I encourage you to continue in your journey or restart your growth if you've forsaken it at one point. And for anyone who is mature or built up in the faith, strong in the faith, we have to remember, like we went over in Romans 15, to use our strength to compensate for the weaknesses of the weak and not to please ourselves. There is a responsibility for mature Christians to usher in the next generation of those in the faith and not to look at them through judgment, but rather gentleness as we build them up for their assignments and what God has planned for that generation. And as a final word, we take a note from what Jesus said to his disciples about little children. He said, let the little children come unto me. We should do the same in the church and in the faith as well. So thank you again for studying with me on this topic of growing up into Christ, uh, specifically looking into spiritual infancy. And something I haven't done yet but want to start to do is just a quick prayer at the end of these lessons and podcasts for you to kind of help put a stamp on your learning and so you can dive into deeper things because there's no distance in time in the realm of the Spirit. doesn't impact the Holy Spirit's reach and touch. You could listen to a sermon from decades ago, has an impact on you. We read these writings from thousands of years ago has an impact on us today. So I could record this today, say a prayer for you, and you could listen to it years from now. It will still have an impact upon your life because, again, the Holy Spirit's not limited by distance or by time. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth of this scripture. Teach us to grow up into Christ. Encourage us once again and help us to engage with the words that we move wherever we are in our Christian journey into deeper steps, deeper realms of the experience with you, especially helping others young in the faith so that they can be in a position to continue to grow and to help others like we did for them. In Jesus' name, amen.